Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. God bless you. That's what we desire to do today is to magnify the Lord and to exalt His name together. I'm glad to see you and happy 4th of July. Will you stand with me please and turn to the New Testament, take the greatest book in the world, the Word of God, and turn to Galatians, if you would, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, I believe this to be the most important part of the service when we open up the Word of God. And I pray that God speaks to you as He's spoken to me and will continue to speak to me throughout the message this morning. Thank you for being in God's house this morning and happy 4th of July to you. And we celebrate independence today and to enjoy liberty and freedom. And I thank God for the men and women who are willing to sacrifice their life so that we can be free today. And I thank God for that. And the United States of America has historically been known for its freedom. In a world that has dictatorial leaders, repressed nations, and a variety of restricted liberties and government control, but USA, America, is free. And I'm thankful for that. Would you notice, please, with me what the Bible has to say about freedom? Galatians chapter 5 is where we'll look this morning. I want to bump right up to verse 31 above that in Galatians 4. Should be right at the verse before you there. It says this, So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Would you bow with me, please, in prayer this morning? Lord, I thank you for the Word of God, and I thank you that we have the freedom to open up the Word of God even this morning. I pray that you'll speak to us. Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Thank you for the service thus far, and that we can magnify your name together. I pray that we will exalt you well. And Lord, I pray that we will see Jesus high and lifted up this morning, in your glory and your splendor. And then I ask your Lord that the Spirit would work amongst us. And that we would not miss, not a one of us, what you have for us today out of your word. Bind the devil, take away distractions, things that are to come. May we be solely focused on thee, God, during this time. Let the freedom of the gospel ring out loud and clear, I pray. We thank you, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, we have so many freedoms we enjoy, and I... I'm thankful that we're blessed to be in America. You think of freedom of speech, freedom of liberty, freedom of religion, freedom of privacy, freedom of security, freedom to vote, freedom to travel, freedom to live a life that most people in our world really have repressed nations and cannot even fathom and maybe have never even experienced the freedom that we have and the liberty that has come to us and what true freedom is like. In the First Amendment, the statesman penned this. He said, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof 
or abiding the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble. Well, I'm so thankful this morning that we can peaceably assemble. I'm so thankful that we have the freedom to open up the Word of God. I'm so thankful that it's the precious Word of God and that we can walk around with it in our hand and we don't have to worry about what's to happen. We can read it out loud and we can look at it and we have the freedom to not have to meet in a secret place this morning. Aren't you glad for that? I'm thankful that we can hear the Word of God taught this morning and we can listen to it and we can read it ourselves and we can study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth. And the freedom, we've definitely been blessed. And I would say it's probably one of the most highest, most praised of all blessings that we have as a true American. But I wonder this morning, have we experienced freedom for so long that we are so used to it that we think we will always have freedom, that we'll always have it? Are we walking in the freedom that God has provided to us while we have it? Jesus said this in John 9, For I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. You know, Jesus knew the time was short, that freedom was only for so long. And the night is going to come when no man can work. In Isaiah 55, 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. See, to walk in freedom this morning, the first thing we must realize, where does freedom originate? Where does it come from? Where does it begin? Where is its beginning? Number one this morning, it begins with Christ. See, the Bible says in Galatians 5, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Christ hath made us free. Who's the one who made us free? Christ. You say, I live in America. Yes, Christ has made you free. As a Christian, Christ has made you free. Freedom really isn't free. Freedom we have is because of a cost, and it always comes with a cost. A life has had to be laid down. A sacrifice has been made. Something has been given for our freedom even today that we have so freely. But it came with a cost. It came with a sacrifice. And freedom always has a price tag, and the greatest cost, the greatest price that it was paid for us over 2,000 years ago was Jesus Christ coming to this earth. I'm so thankful for this, aren't you? And He came to this earth and died on a cross, and He came to take our sin and our bondage to sin and His penalty, hell. And He died as a sinless man for the sins of all men, so that we can be set free from the penalty of all sin, a freedom that comes to those who put their trust in Him, a freedom that is able to set all men free. John 8, 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. But the price tag for our soul's freedom was His own blood, precious blood. Revelation 1, 5, Jesus Christ loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Christ's cleansing only comes because of His precious blood shed on that tree, shed on that cross over 2,000 years ago. You know, our national freedom, I'm very thankful for it, but it's a matter that is, is costly. 
It came with a price. It came with a cost. This morning I, I went to a place where there was nothing but tombstones around me. Just to remember, just to think about the cost that came as a result of men and women laying down their life for our freedom. And we do well to be reminded of that. The flag that we see to my right came with a cost. And our spiritual freedom is even more costly than any blood of American soldier, as great as the blood of American soldiers has been. There's a spiritual freedom that was even more costly, that paid for the blood that was shed of Jesus for all mankind to be free. 1 Peter 1.19 says, As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And we know the love of God in 1 John 3.16 because He laid down His life for us. You know, real true freedom begins with Jesus. It begins with Christ. And by the way, God can make anyone free indeed. And it begins with Christ. Absolutely anyone, everyone can be free. No matter where they live, no matter where they come from, no matter what is in their life, God can set you free. In Romans 6, verse 20, it says, listen to the word free, please, in these verses. When you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You want to experience true freedom for your soul, for your spirit, for your body? It's found in none other than Jesus Christ and Him alone. Christ hath made us free. I'm so thankful for that. And freedom begins with Christ. I want to ask you today, are you 100% sure that if something were to happen to you, you're on your way to heaven? The last breath that you take here on this earth, would you land your feet on heaven's streets? Would you land looking at, in the presence of Jesus, His face? Because there's been a time in your life that you put your trust in Him. Your freedom begins with Christ. My freedom began with Christ. And this life and the life to come, it will only begin with Christ, true freedom to be found. I want to ask you right now, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Have you put your trust in Christ? Have you had freedom begin with Christ? Dear Christian, don't take for granted that everyone that sits in a pew today has put their trust in Christ. And if you have question or doubt about it yourself, you might want to check your salvation as well. It's hard to lose something that's already been found. Romans 10, 9-13, And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, whosoever, I love that word, it means anyone, believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever 
shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What I'm saying to you is absolute, greatest, true freedom that we have as a Christian is for your soul. Your soul is to go to eternity in heaven is only found in trusting in Jesus Christ. It began with Christ made you free. So, dear one, this morning as you sit in a pew or maybe as you watch online, why wait? Why not put your trust in Jesus today? You have everything to lose and absolutely nothing to gain by not accepting and putting your trust in Jesus. I beg you, I plead with you right now, I ask you, the greatest thing you can do is put your trust in Christ. And I would say this, that the eyes don't have to be closed, that as you sit there in the pew, if you have not had a time in your life that you know 100% sure that if something were to happen to you, that you're on your way to heaven, right now you can pray. Right now you can call upon Him. Right now, that true freedom can begin with Christ. And you can put your trust in Jesus and Him alone today. You could even say something like this. You could say, Dear Jesus, I realize I am a sinner, and I believe you died for me. As best as I know how, I'm asking you to save me right here, right now. Forgive me of my sins and take me to heaven when I die. Maybe you want to thank him for your freedom you just gave to him. Boy, I'd love to hear about that. And I hope that, and pray that you will tell someone about your decision, because we would rejoice with you, because true freedom begins with Christ. John 8, 32, we know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth has come to us. We are free indeed. Today, most likely you've already seen the words, you've already heard the words, July 4th, happy 4th of July. And happy 4th of July, it should be happy. I believe the happiest people on this planet Earth should be Christians because God has made us free. Christ has made us free. On July 1st, 1776, the delegates of the Continental Congress were in Philadelphia, not too far from here debating over whether the 13 original colonies should declare their independence from Britain's parliament. And then on July 2nd, the delegates voted in favor of independence. On July 3rd, Congress was revising a draft of the declaration composed by Thomas Jefferson. You see a picture of that here. And an excited John Adams began to write his wife, Abigail. And he said this. He said, the second day of July, 1776 would be the most memorable in the history of America. I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations, fireworks, from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. So the first organized celebration in reality of Independence Day, known as Fourth of July today, would take place in Philadelphia on July 4th, 1777. And then the Pennsylvania Evening Post would write the next day on July 5th, 1777. Yesterday, 
The 4th of July, being the anniversary of the independence of the United States of America, was celebrated in this city with demonstrations of joy and festivity. But I want to tell you, that's a Pennsylvania Post article there, but I want to tell you there's a greater celebration. There's a greater independence of the United States that has taken place in the life of a Christian. It is a freedom that began with Christ. It's when you took Christ into your life. It's when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life. And as Christians, can I say this? We have no reason to be miserable, not even positively miserable. We are free. Oh, the devil delights in taking liberty away. And Galatians 5 says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Notice, please, with me, verse 31 of chapter 4, the verse right above chapter 5 there says, So then, brethren, 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 that includes cistern, by the way, men, women, ladies, boys, girls, everybody, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. We are not to be entangled, the Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Galatians, again, with a yoke of bondage. We are Christ. He is ours. We are His. We are free in Christ. He hath made us free. And one of the greatest treasures of our freedom is to do this, is to share our spiritual freedom with others. I like the song that says, let's talk about Jesus, the King of kings to see, the Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity, the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. We have something to talk about. And you know, it's easier to talk about Jesus when we have a true song in our heart, freedom in our soul, freedom of God's Holy Spirit working within us. I want to be filled. I want to be poured out. I want to show the love of Christ to others. And we have a God's freedom of spirit about us. Catch this, please. Please catch this. When this happens, when we're sharing our spiritual freedom with others and we're not in bondage to the world, in bondage to the flesh, and we, we realize we're free and we're God's children, we're not children of the world, and any, any longer liberty hath come to us, we don't want to be entangled with that again. Catch this, please. Then the world can not only see what we have, but they can see who we have, which is way more important than what we have. See, freedom begins with Christ. We have Jesus Christ in our soul, and sometimes we would do well just to tell our spirit and body about it. We have Christ. Dear church, we have Christ. He hath made us free. We're free indeed. And the psalmist says this. He says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Therefore with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. Water out of the wells of salvation. Salvation, freed from the penalty of sin, freed from sin bondage, freed from the law, freedom from eternity spent in hell, freedom from the power of the devil, freedom that all began with Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in liberty, wherewith Christ hath made us free. Number two this morning, if we're in a walk in freedom, begins with Christ. Number two this morning, to walk in freedom, we got to listen and follow freedom's beckoning calls. 
Here's a statue of Paul Revere. I hope you can see it. But in Boston, Massachusetts, you find what is called a Freedom Trail, where this statue is there by the name of, of Paul Revere. And because of a beckoning call, because of a midnight ride, because he wanted to see that people were cared about and, and saved, it was important, it was urgent, it was a matter that he had to get that news spread out to save lives underneath the sound of his voice as he rode that horse in the midnight ride, and 40 other riders joined him saying, actually not just the British are coming, but they were called regulars. The regulars are coming. The regulars are coming. The regulars are coming. Because he cared about them. And there's an important call in Galatians 5 from another Paul, the Apostle Paul. I want to give you some of those this morning. Because the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, and the Apostle Paul is giving some callings that actually depict what a believer's life is to look like and what our walk in freedom should be. And a walk in freedom looks like this. And then he's going to give some things that a walk in freedom, because he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. So Paul is saying this, this is the way to walk in the freedom that Christ wants you to, dear Christian. So the first beckoning call is this. Would you notice, please, with me, verse 6. It says this in verse 6, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. This is what availeth. This is what matters. This is what really comes down to the rubber meets the road as a Christian. Here it is. By faith which worketh by love. That our faith works through love. See, faith that lacks love is not true faith. Faith without works is dead, James says in James 2.20. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye love one another. You want to show your faith? Well, I want my faith to be shown. You know how it's shown? Love. Love someone. And not just husband and wife, and not just your children. You know, those are the easy ones. They're the ones that make it easy no, it's a matter of, of loving even the unlovely. Whoever that might be in your mind, that's a change that needs to take place in your mind, by the way. Because God looks at no one as unlovely. And secondly, the beckoning call. So the first call is a faith works through love. Who do you need to show love to today? You want yours and my faith to be shown? It's going to happen through love. This is a beckoning. This is a call. This is, this is something that matters Second beckoning call is obedience to God's word. Would you notice, please, with me, verse 7. Paul says, hey, Galatians, ye did run well. Who? I find that very interesting. It says who, not what, but who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Who did hinder you? I wonder today who's stopping you from following God and his word in your life. What person, what situation will the devil use to stop you? To get you dead in your tracks right there. That's all the devil wants to do. You know, you've heard it said, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. That's very true. What thing, what circumstance? I want to ask you today, what if, like Paul says, you did run well, who did hinder you, you should not obey the truth? What if today we just took this as, man, I want to follow God's word in my life and so today, I'm going to follow God's word. And so I'm going to make sure, what if we even just took one verse? And we just lived out one verse each day. Do you realize that's 365 verses that you would have lived out by the end of the year? So that's too much for me to do. 
Okay, let's go to the weeks. 52 weeks. Let's go with 52 verses, one verse per week, and to say, God, with your help, I'm going to ask you right now to really have an effort in my life that I'm going to take from the Word of God and my own reading, my personal devotions, and I'm going to take one verse, and I want to live that out this week in my life. Can you imagine what God would do with these kind of things? 52 verses for each one of us. Now, if we multiply that based upon the people that are here today, 52 weeks, 52 verses. Let's just take the weeks there. You realize how many verses would be permeating and happening and that we would be living out the Word of God in our life? Do you realize how much love for each other would just happen because we do whatever it took to have that love permeate throughout us? Because we're living the Bible. We're following the Word of God. And the Word of God is what's most important to us. And so it doesn't matter what anyone has to say or do. I'm going I'm to live the Word of God out and I'm going to apply this verse in my life. And that would be amazing if we could obey God's truth because sanctify through the truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is true from the beginning, endureth forever. But in James 1, it says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And this is what happens in John 13, 7. It says, the things ye know, happy are ye if ye do them. Sad are ye if ye do them. Worrisome, fearful, miserable, positively miserable Christians. No, it says, happy are ye if ye do them. But it takes doing them. So the beckoning calls go out, faith works through love. And then we have following God's word in our life. Just taking one verse maybe for the day or taking one verse for the week and just living that out in our life. And oh, if we could do that. And then the third beckoning call is, notice please with me, verse 10. It says, Paul says to the Galatians in the church in Galatians, I have confidence in you through the Lord. I love this. It says that ye will be none otherwise minded but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. Confidence to follow God. Confidence to follow God. The third beckoning call is confidence to follow God. And confidence in others that it will follow the Lord and not be otherwise minded. Confident that you will follow God. Open Bible. Confident that another brother in Christ will follow God. Confident a sister in Christ will follow God. Confident that I'm going to tell someone how they can follow God because I'm going to present God to them. Confidence. Being confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm thankful that he does that and he can do that. But Paul is saying this, hey, stay true to the Lord. Hey, no matter what comes your way, this is what you do. I'm confident in you that you're going to follow the Lord. You're not going to be otherwise minded. As Christians, we need discernment. As Christians, we need to know what is of God and what is not. Verse 9, it says this. Paul says, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. That's all it takes, just a little. Verse 8, he says, this persuasion doesn't come from God. It's this persuasion come not of him that calleth you. And it also says in verse 10, he says, I'm confident in you. And then let God just deal with it. He that troubleth you shall bear his judgment. But, Paul says, concentrate on this. Focus on this. I have confidence in you that you're going to follow God. Do you have confidence in someone this morning they're going to follow God? Have you voiced that to them? Have you said, I believe in you? You've got this. Hey, I want to encourage you that you're doing what's right. You know, the Bible says to exhort and to edify one another. And I think if we would just grasp that, we would then realize how great and how important it is for the body of Christ to be united one with each other. 
Because I don't know about you, but I don't think there's anyone in the sound of my voice who would say, nope, don't need encouragement today. Nope, I've had my fill. That's it. I, I, I've, I've gotten all, all that I can hear. God wants us to be confident in each other that we're going to follow God. I wonder this morning, do you have a Paul? Do you have a Timothy? A Paul, a friend or mentor that's actively encouraging you and challenging your walk with God. Do you have a Timothy, a new believer or another Christian that you're, you're saying, hey, I'm confident in you. You're going to follow God. I'm confident that you're going to do this and you're going to, you're going to really be pushed up to the Lord. You're really going to serve God. You're really going to do what's right. And I want to further your walk with God because I'm confident in you. Do you have someone that you'll tell today, I'm confident that you're going to follow the Lord. I'm confident that you are following God. I'm confident and I want to encourage you to stay confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm confident in you, no matter what's coming your way, that you're going to serve God. You're going to do what's right. You're going to stay true to the holy word of God. And the fourth beckoning call, would you please notice with me, verse 13. Back to the word brethren, it says, it says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. I want to say this this morning. We should be willing to do whatever it takes to serve one another. Did you know this? We need each other. We need one another. That's why there's a lot of one another's in the Word of God. Forgiving one another. Serving one another. Loving one another. And such a love for God that we determine we're going to love each other. No matter what it takes, I do my best because... It doesn't take much to get it all messed up. Notice it says this. It says, brethren, we, we've been called in liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion. Occasion is an attempt. It's a performance. It's an instance. It's a moving away from the base, from the foundation. None other laid that which is Jesus Christ, the foundation of God's word. It's a moving away from that. It's kind of a little trickle effect over, and then a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Whoa, watch out. Where do we go off track? Just a little, little leaven. No, 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 it's exciting fleshly passion more than the Spirit of God. No, I want to love God so much. I have experienced God's freedom. I have liberty. I have liberty in Christ. That why would I even want to go back to bondage? Why do I even want to just even dabble in that at all? Why do I even want to just kind of touch it? No, avoid appearance of evil and abstain from it. No, why do I even want to have occasion with it? See, we need to, as Christians, we need to get back to this idea. Please catch this with me. We need to get back to the idea of not asking the question, what's wrong with this, but what's right with it? How will this honor my God? How will this please Him? And whatsoever you do, whether in word or deed, whether therefore you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, I want to be careful that I don't use my, I got liberty. I got liberty. I can go here and go there. Yeah, I could put my shoes on backwards if I wanted to this morning. I could have done anything. Liberty. I have liberty. But wait a second. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look weird. It's going to be painful. It's going to be strange. I'm not going to be able to walk very well. My shoes are on backwards. You're going to be laughing at me. You, you, you wouldn't even pay attention to me the whole time. You've been looking at my shoes. I have liberty to do that. I can do that. It's uncomfortable. 
The Bible says, be careful with your liberty. Don't go back to bondage of the flesh. By the way, he's talking to brethren. He's talking to Christians. And Peter says this. He says, so is the will of God that with well-doing he put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. This is the same Peter that Jesus had to say, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he says, feed my sheep. Oh, Peter says, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Verse 14, it says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I tell you, I struggle with this. And I think we all struggle with this. Because the real struggle for all of us is, do we love people to the degree that we love ourselves? I know everyone, based upon me scanning the crowd this morning, I thank, thank you for this, but you looked in the mirror this morning. You got dressed up, you, you took care of the hair, you, if you have hair, and, and all those kind of things, right? And, and so the things that, that matter to you because it's about yourself, but do we love people to the degree that we love ourselves? Matthew 5 says, If you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. So the Apostle Paul is saying, Hey, serve one another, love one another, forgive one another, love neighbor as yourself. That's where unity is. And if it's not, here's where it comes, verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. The difference of continuity and the flowing and the unity just streaming out and everything just being permeated with love and brotherhood and honoring God and honoring the king and fearing God and living for God and serving one another, forgiving one another, to now consumption and fall into the pit of flesh. And now we have all this freedom and, we're, and we have, we're, it's liberating and we're, it's liberty, but now we're trying to kind of dabble a little bit in over there, a little bit of the flesh there. And so now I'm going to go to the works of the flesh and now I'm going to get into bondage. And so bondage, shackles, bondage, handcuffs, bondage, prison, bondage, the flesh, biting, devouring, consumed by the flesh because we've given into the flesh. See, this is what happens. Everything that God ordains, Satan opposes. Everything that God wants, unity, unity. Satan, disunity, whatever it takes. If I get one person, if I, if I get them not to like them, if I get them not to say hello, if I get them to, to, to uh, you know, just kind of ignore, if I get them to do whatever, it, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever it is, disunity, Satan opposes what God ordains. And so God has ordained unity, love, serve forgive. And then he goes into how we do this in Galatians 5, it's verse 16. And I, I'm going to ask you this this morning, that you take over the message. Maybe not necessarily that you come up here and preach, but that you, that you and I just live this part of our life out, because this is where it, it really comes down to whether we're going to walk in freedom. Because it says this, it says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the last thing I have to say to you today is this. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit. Oh, there's a battle, but the battle can be won. 
Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. And the battle can be won. And we are victorious through Christ and victory in Jesus because the fruits of the Spirit, not the works of the flesh, have taken over. And I love what we're getting to here because the battle, it says in verse 17, it says it's contrary one to the other. In verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not in the law. Now the works of the flesh are these, and they're manifest. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, associousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, which is just being oversensitive, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And such like. Say, so I'm not in any of, those, any of those things that you named off there. Well, it says, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. Bondage. But a walk in spirit equals freedom. And so verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is so no So, excuse me, against such there is no law. Notice, please, verse 24. Maybe you want to underline this. Maybe you want to highlight it. And they that are Christ. They that are Christ. They that are Christ. Those people... God's people. They're God's children. They're Christ's kids. What do, they, what do they look like? What shows up? How do we know they're Christ? They've crucified the flesh. Crucified it. Killed it. Dead. With the affections and lust, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. One of the most memorable, time, most enjoyable times I look forward to every day is a walk with my wife in the mornings. But as we go to walk, I don't say, well, give me a second, I've got to take this step. Give me a second, I've got to take another step. Give me a second, I've got to take another step. Uh, hold that thought. I mean, we're, we're walking and we're talking and I'm listening and I'm talking. And, and we're walking and she's listening and we're walking and talking Oh, wait a second, babe. Just hey, give me a second. Let me. I gotta. I gotta take this step. I. I, I need one. I need one more step. I need, wait a second. I need. I need one more step. I don't think about the steps that I take. Now, sometimes, uh, if you know, maybe you walk on the sidewalk. The, the curbs can be raised at some point. You know, and you need to watch your step. But I don't then say, hey, just wait a second. Let me. Let me. Let me take this step. Let me think about this step. I'm just walking, I'm just talking, and we're just, we're just enjoying the moments of life together. You know why? Because I'm not really thinking about it. But the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and I need to think about each step that I take. And I think what it is, is as a Christian, we get so caught up in the routine of just walking and talking, just walking and talking, and just going here, going there, get on the phone with this person, text that person, email this, do that, do this, do that, go here, go there, everywhere. And we're just walking and talking, and we're just kind of going... Whatever way, routine, here we go. We're just, we're just living our life and however life comes at us, but we're not thinking about the steps of the fruits of the Spirit. I've got, 
I want to live in love. I want to live in joy. I want to live in peace. I want to live in long-suffering. How can I show love today? How can I show joy? How can I show peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and meekness? How can I, how can I think about this? How can my mentality change, my mindset? Because I don't want to be in bondage. I don't, I don't want to go after the works of the flesh. I want to be at the fruits of the Spirit. And, and I want to be living my life for God. And because they that are Christ crucified the flesh. And how are God's people, how is the lost world going to know that I am one of God's, that I am a child of God? It is going to be shown by the fruits of the Spirit being lived out of my life, and I'm walking in the fruits of the Spirit. Catch this, please, church. I'm thinking about each step that I take, whether it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, mercy, because I don't want to be in bondage again, and I can be as a Christian and a brethren. This is written to the church because they're not loving one another, not serving one another. They're biting, they're devouring, they're consuming each other. And unity cannot happen because they're falling for Satan's trap and they've given it into the flesh, so they're falling to the pit of flesh. And they're back to bondage. But I love freedom. But the only way that we love freedom is if we're walking in freedom by the fruits of the Spirit shown in our life. Because the more you love freedom, the more freedom you will take God's way, God's work, God's word, not back to bondage, not an occasion for it, not even a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I've already experienced that before I was unsaved. I've already experienced what that's like, and I don't want that bondage again. And my, what freedom can come through the fruits of the Spirit, because I want People to see Christ and see Jesus in me, see Jesus in you. And just maybe they'll want that freedom that we say we have because the fruits of the Spirit show it. And that's where it is exemplified, revealed by walking in the Spirit. Anybody can say they're living it. Anybody can say they're a great Christian. Oh, they're good. Walk it. Talk cheap. Walk. A lot more effort. Man the freedom, though. Or you can just give in. Bondage. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I pray that we will show Jesus in our life and associate ourselves with Christ because they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Lord God, I needed this this morning. I pray that it did not fall upon deaf ears. You said your word will not return void. So, Lord, I pray that even this morning we realize the battle can be won by the fruits of the Spirit. The beckoning calls, they're there. Faith works through love, confidence in others, and obeying the truth and serving one another. And, Lord, it all began with you and begins with Christ. So with our head bowed and our eyes closed, I want to ask you, do you know Christ as your personal Savior? I want to invite you, if you do not, to come to the front. And the lady will be here to show you the Bible way. If you're a lady, how you can go to heaven. If you're a man, the Bible way to show you how you can go to heaven as a man. And all you need to do is simply make your way to the front. Would you stand with me, please, and bow your head and, and close your eyes if you would. But as, as we stand, I want to invite you to the altar. If you'd like to make a decision this morning, not saved, you want to trust in Christ, this is a great place to make that decision. You say, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Maybe you want to come and ask the Lord to 
really show that freedom in your life that God has given to you. They that are Christ. They that are Christ. You want to ask God to say, God, I want you to be shown in my life that, yes, I am yours. I associate with Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of God. God, help us to live out the fruits of the Spirit, to walk in freedom, step by step, focused on the fruits of the Spirit. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.